Welcome listeners, I'm your host Joshua Corwin and you're listening to Assiduous Dust, episode number 12.5, home of the OTSCP on the spot collaborative poem, very, very groovy, groovy, and today I have with us Taylor Bias, winner of the 2020 Poetry Super Highway Contest. It's an honor to have her on and let's get started. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome, listeners and viewers, because this is also in awesomeness, grooviness, video in addition to audio podcast format of Assiduous Dust. I'm your host, Joshua Corman. We're here today with Taylor Vaz for um, a special, special Assiduous Dust, hence it's Assiduous Dust 12 and a half, 12.5, because I want to spice it up. And Taylor is just incredible. I can't wait for the interview. I can't wait to do this. And I hope you enjoy watching or listening or whatever from your spaceship or outer space, you know, whatever's happened now, um, you know, God save us all um, with the everything. Um, <laughs> so without further ado, uh, about Taylor, I had the pleasure of having Taylor uh, as an interviewee for Assiduous Dust 12.5 as a solo feature because she recently won the 2020 Poetry Super Highway Contest, first place, amazing, major congratulations. Um, But here's a little bit more about Taylor. Here's my cheat sheet I'm gonna read from. Taylor (laughs) Baez is a black poet and essayist. Originally from Chicago, she moved to Alabama for six years where she received both her bachelor's degree in English and her master's degree in English, the creative, writing concentration, of course, from the University of Alabama in Birmingham. Taylor currently lives in Cincinnati, where she is a second-year PhD student, an Albert C. Yates scholar at the University of Cincinnati studying poetry. She is a reader for both The Rumpus and The Cincinnati Review. Great, terrific uh, journals, places, by the way, terrific. And the poetry editor for Fly Paper Lit. Her poetry has appeared or is forthcoming in New Ohio Review, Glass Poetry, Borderlands, Texas Poetry Review, Hobart, Pigeonholes, SWWIM, The Rumpus, and others, so many others. Her prose appears or is forthcoming in Empty Mirror. Empty Mirror is awesome, by the way. Jellyfish <laughs> Review, JMWW, Mixed Mag, and others. She's been nominated for two Pushcarts, Best New Poets 2020, congrats, and has received six Best of the Net nominations. She's also, as I said before, yay, 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 the 2020 winner of the Poetry Superhighway Poetry Contest. Wow. Is there <laughs> is there something that you you haven't done? Um, uh, well, I, I know you, 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 I don't see a book on here. Uh, I, I, why is that? And uh, when will it be ready? But, <laughs> but is there something that you 
Um, I actually have just finished my first kind of full length book. Um, so it is being sent out into the world right now. Um, into the void. Into the void. I know. Into I know. It's it's so Ooh, exciting. Uh, it's exciting and it's nerve wracking and it's a lot of things. But yes, so I'm finished with it. It's just a matter of someone yeah. loving it and wanting yeah. it at this point. And and so you did the whole because that's the thing is you know most of writing is rewriting, and in a way, and and this is something is that uh, you've studied so much. Uh, you know, you're 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 and doing a PhD and everything that you do it, it with poetry um you know it's it's you know well why why the wait to kind of put a book uh out there I think that there's their listeners or viewers or whatever whoever you are blah um who are who are you know curious because is that a thing that is is typical um and you know how there's different types of, of poetry there's academic um, there's more academic focus, and then there's this kind of battle between, and you hear different voices of people on the side of, you know, on the, the good or evil, or I don't know what, of like, you know, um, with regard to publishing, do you wait? How many poems do you need to get out? Uh, self-publishing, the whole spiel, and then, you know, because I doubt that it's that you didn't have something worth putting out there to say, you know, you've accomplished so much. Was there like, a certain planned procedures, this all been a coordinated strike, you know, a coordinated drone strike uh, to get your poetry out there. Just tell us a little bit about that. Um, this is a big, complicated, complex question. And just, you know, we'll just <laughs> pick at little parts and see where it goes. Yeah. Um, thinking about if this was, how did I get to this point of having a book? And if there is kind of this pressure um, I started sending out work um, just last year, really, um, mm -hmm. kind of in the middle of the year, about May, I think, um, because I went into my undergrad as a fiction writer. And so I only really became a poet in, in kind of a serious sense um, when I started my master's, which was about three and a half years ago. Um, and a lot of that time was really just finding my voice as a poet, mm. um, figuring Which out. Which is so important. Yeah, um, figuring out like, what is it that I wanna write about? What is important to me? Um, and so by the time I kind of finished my master's and entered the PhD, then I, I felt like, okay, I think I'm ready to start sending things out just kind of individually. Um, so I've been sending things out for, you know, a year and a half now. Um, and I actually, had a previous manuscript that I had put together and sent out into the world, but then I wrote a lot of new things and I realized that that's not the book. That's not the book that I want. That's not the one that you want out <laughs> first, you know, and that, and that's the thing, you know, I have something out and then I have like multiple different projects and things and it's like, which is the next one in the ordering? And you have so many things and it's like, let me get it together and different things. And then it's like, you have to look like, what's your audience? And that whole thing. And, and there's something that you, you mentioned about uh, finding a voice. I think that though, um, which is so important, it, it, it really, and that um, I, I want, you know, is finding a voice, uh, is that necessarily, isn't that, the way I look at it, isn't that different from uh, the content about which you write? 
the voice mm. behind it. Because I kind of look at it as like, um, and this is just my take, you know, and I'm curious about yours, is just as the muse, you know, we kind of have this muse that we have, and it's kind of finding a way to kind of channel it and kind of break bread with the muse to, to like be like, hey, you know, you let me do some poetry stuff and kind of do that and kind of to figure out which voice and the stuff really pertains to the muse that is best suited for you and ways to kind of nurture that. And then you find that the muse is uh, relative to what's your whole umwelt and your whole umwelt, your whole surround world and everything, the way you perceive the world, and in turn the content of the ideas from which to write about either knowing about it or, mm-hmm. you know, in advance or maybe later figuring out what it is you're, you're relaying. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, is that kind of distinct for you? I think for me, the kind of voice and content were very much hand in hand. Um, I mm. think because I came from a fiction background and when I kind of switched over to poetry, gotcha. for some it's... reason I felt that like poetry had to be, that my poetry voice had to be distinctly different. Um, mm. And I think I was kind of like maybe rejecting the narrative voice that now is 100% all over my poetry. Um, and eventually mm. I had to realize that like, maybe this is just the way that I need to write poetry. I, I'm, I'm just narrative driven and that's just mm. <laughs> the way it is. <laughs> yeah, so it's self-acceptance that also comes in into the play. So it becomes, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, looking at psychology and you know, I studied mm. philosophy and mathematics and all this stuff. But I, I think that, um, you know, it's it's really important because poetry can also be a way of kind of looking inward, of course, especially like you can read a piece and you could find for different lenses or whatnot. You can do that with other stuff. But I find that, um, you, you know, you can you can were you a different as your voice in the process of finding it? And then I guess it's never fully done. Your voice is never fully done. It, it's developing and further honing. And then finding that that your relationship with that is is uh, um, consistent on your relationship with yourself, uh, yeah. especially given you've done so much and you're currently doing so much, like <laughs> a, a, that balance. That's a big thing. How do you find balance? And when you're taking care of yourself, practicing self, different things, how does that affect? Um, your relationship with uh with 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 uh your voice and massaging it into the that's the wrong term but you know what I mean <laughs> yeah oh man self care yeah. and yeah voice. it's a big one it's it's often not talked about and I think I think it's really important to talk about especially now um and I mm-hmm. actually was just having a conversation with someone the other day about how one of the things or one of the kind of rare good things that has come out of this really hectic time and the pandemic is I, for myself, at least, I feel like there has been extra attention um, placed in taking care of myself. Um, I think I place a seriousness or a weight on self-care that I I don't think I ever have before. Mm. Um, And as a result, my writing has changed um, quite drastically, (laughs) I think. Um, and it, it's been really 
really kind of exciting to see. I feel like I've I've had these kind of distinct stages um, mm. where I'll write a poem and I'll kind of sit back and read it and I'll be like, something changed in my writing with this poem. I've kind of hit a new chapter, something, a switch has been flipped, something has changed about my writing. And that has happened um, quite a few times during this pandemic. Would, would you um, paint us a picture of you know, like where you're at. And so we can kind of visualize, um, you know, I'm sorry to, you know, further that. I, I guess you like that narrative thing pronounced in your work. At first you were trying to deny it and then you were, you know, could you paint us just a two, like one or two places, like where you were at and what time mm. of day and what was going on in your mind, if you if you can, um, yeah. of, of like little, you know, points to to further elaborate. Yeah, I I hit a point um, quite recently where I started to really lean into writing about faith, which isn't really surprising in our current moment. Um, and I had b- before this point, I had been writing a lot of poems about kind of romantic intimacy um, and things of that nature. And then I wrote this poem called Scripture, and I and I also shared this on Twitter um, before I took it down, but. I wrote this poem called Scripture where romance and faith kind of collided. And I was like, oh, Mm. this is something, this is something new, different, something that I had not expected was going to happen, did not go into the poem, planning to write a poem. It's so, it's so great when that happens. And it was just like, so this is what I need to be writing about right now, those intersections between faith and, and belief and intimacy, especially right now. And I are kind of starved of both. And right. In especially like being able to be intimate with other individuals in many different ways. And also, can we be intimate to, uh, and aware of our own needs, bring it back mm-hmm. to self-care and, um, of like, you know, maybe like, this is where my mind's at. Um, you know, for example, like, you know, dad, I want, no, you want to come over for a certain thing, but I'm not able to deal with that to be present for you or a certain thing. And there are certain things where it's like, oh no, you got to put family first or certain things, or there's like, you know, oh, you know, I, 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 I don't know whether that comes to mind probably because my father will be over at a certain time in the, <laughs> in the past or whatever this, I don't know. But, uh, no, it, it, it's, there are certain things that, um, you know, you, you, you change and you, you have these little things. It's interesting that also comes to mind is, um, you know, I, I was looking at earlier of, uh, Rumi a little bit earlier today of certain things. And then you have in, in the Sufi thing that you also have, but this is probably a different thing, but it comes to mind is kind of like the, you know, the love for, um, something higher mm, or something mm. and the love for, and I think it also fulfills the love for striving to be as well as in connection to that thing um, that has you be the best you. I find mm-hmm. that for me, I, I wonder for you, like when you are at your best in writing, that you, you're, it's not just in an isolated thing, that you're also doing things for the community. You're doing things that you're not just like, you're not your best, uh, you know, in best relationship with the muse, when you're just like haven't showered for like 20 or 30 days, not saying that you do that or what, <laughs> or, and, and are just like, boom, 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 coffee or tea or whatever. And just, 
you know, typing away or doing stuff. It's not like that. It's you're actually part of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't know. That's what I find for me. I wonder if you, you know, if how that works for you and maybe that, that fits with balance. Um, Absolutely. Um, I think Oh, recently I also started um, a Twitter page called Lit Mag Live Tweets in which I, um, I, I felt, I felt like there was a gap, um, when it comes to how we review work and how we celebrate people's work. Um, mm. when you, when you think about reviews that often only happens when someone has a book out or, you know, right. some, some yeah. sort of collection and, and it was just kind of like, well, what about the the individual poems that people publish in journals, right? Like no one's, yeah, no there's one's a lot singing of great their stuff out there that are single uh, <laughs> things or whatnot. Yeah. Exactly. So my my Twitter page is I you know kind of now that I'm so busy when I have the time I I will take a, a lit mag and you know tweet maybe like a top five top ten pieces or or more depending on how much time I have doing that that time um, and I will just like do the mini reviews or blurbs of of poems or stories or whatever in these lit mags and that has been a really wonderful way to give back to the community but also has made me a better reader, which in turn mm. makes me a better writer. Writer, so exactly. Things are always kind of feeding into each other. It's a cycle. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 the whole thing is also, um, you know, sometimes you discover somebody like, oh, I've never heard of that person before. Yes. Um, you know, I had never, honestly, I'd have to say I hadn't heard of you before for the contest. And I looked up, I'm like, whoa, this is... <laughs> This is this is an awesome individual. I'm sorry, not an awesome individual, a groovy individual. <laughs> I have a thing against the use of uh, uh, I, I I I use I overuse groovy and abuse it into the grave, a groovy grave with gro- <laughs> grooviness written on the tombstone. Um, so I wonder, would you happen to read that um, scripture for us? Yeah, scripture. Or would scripture. you wait? Wait, would you? <laughs> Would you inscribe the scripture upon the foreheads <laughs> of our hearts? Because our hearts should be up here and here in connection because we don't know what's going on. And if somebody has, I hope, I hope that somebody, I have faith also and trust <laughs> that somebody will know to let me know, hey, you know, I see you're saying some weirdly weird and strange transitions. This is me <laughs> typing for uh, to say, write a poem. Uh, would you read a poem? Here's a suggestion because yours are really bad. And <laughs> I trust that that will happen uh, hopefully soon. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, here is my poem scripture. You never understood the point, the word of God in every hotel nightstand, thought it heresy. Don't they know what happens here? It became your secret fascination, logging the different Bibles we found on road trips, culling a story from the wear of their spines. This room has seen a whole lot of sinners when a Bible undressed itself in your lap. Sometimes you'd read the annotations from a previous guest out loud, an abridged confession in the margin, 
I pray my husband can forgive me. Next to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. We were unmarried sinners every time you cracked me open like the good book. My spine, its own story, the bending, the way it rids itself of cover, how it arches the fullest part of me into your hands. Our bed is godless each time you press me into it, and still you shut me up with your scripture every time. Don't call on him now. Your Lord can't save you here. Snap, 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 clap, clap, <laughs> clap. <laughs> Round of applause. That's great. And that uh, there are a few particular lines that really stand out. Uh, I'd like to ask about is, uh, you know, why not? Maybe later can be tweeted about or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, it's, uh, what was it? Uh, undress me with a um, Bible, a Bible undress. Uh, wait, mm-hmm. What was the exact line? Um, a Bible undresses itself in your lap. Yeah. So there's that. And there, there's something that's interesting there. Does faith, uh, you could look at it in multiple different levels of, uh, but one that also comes to mind now is whether or not, um, you know, faith or certain things that uh, events unfold in certain ways and are you the one who's kind of you know i don't know another thing it for some reason it makes me think of free will um Mm. and about how um you know okay do we have command over our own um selves our own um and also you know uh i think this this ties in with uh you know, is it uh, that you don't really see exactly you, you know, it kind of falls apart. The vibe, uh, you know, we kind of don't really look at what we look at. We might look at a literal level, but we don't see how can we apply these things as well to our lives. And perhaps in that we kind of have the control to do uh, what we can do to be the best selves that we can be um, rather than um you know, am I doing this because, you know, let's say it's a certain religion or something that, that I'm told to do or because, you know, I kind of want to do it, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's something. And there, there's another line that, that comes to mind is, um, oh, what was it? Uh, did you read the last two stanzas or the last stanza again? I bet is godless each time you press me into it. And still, you shut me up with your scripture every time. Don't call on him now. Your Lord can't save you here. Yeah, I think it. I think it was the in the stanza before that, but that that's that's fine. Um, no, <laughs> no, but it's also interesting because it's being also being uh, shut up of, of of certain you know looking at um, you know I interpret it in terms of uh, sexism that applied. Mm-hmm. That's and the, that's a big thing. Um, you know, I, I've even looked at myself as, uh, uh, you know, uh, Ju- I'm Jewish and I've looked at, you know, uh, there's a big thing of, okay, what's going on? Um, you know, I've looked into a lot of you know, more Orthodox Hasidic Judaism recently and, 
you know, there's a lot of weird cultural stuff going on, but then it's based on certain beliefs or certain things that have certain backings uh, uh, historically that, in fact, people might not be aware about from a spiritual side. And it's funny, there are certain things that aren't talked about. There are certain things that aren't talked about because it's people are just better to say, no, that's the way it is. Mm. Um, And they, they shut it up and they shut people down. And you justify and use excuses. I I don't know. That's just what comes to mind. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure how that ties to free will and ties to self-care and balance. But maybe it does. I don't know. What what do you what do you think? We're just we're just free spitballing (laughs) here. We're just figuring it out. Later, later, there'll be a quiz. I don't know. (laughs) No, I I do think. free will and and even uh, the kind of sexism element that you've pointed out are, are definitely present. And I think I think the sexism in particular was something that uh, was kind of just lurking as I was writing the poem and, and kind of surfaced. Um, and it was one of those things that I kind of discovered in the in the rereading of it, I think. Um, but there is mm. something about there is something about religion that I think I just kind of subconsciously associate with patriarchy, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, when I think about my own kind of background in church or how I was raised in church, you know, you don't often see women preaching right in the front of the church, right? It's it's always kind of male-led. Um, and I, I, I think those things have subconsciously influenced, you know, my my ideas about religion and and power dynamics, of course. Um, of course. And it's so much in the world today. Um, yes. they re- it's it's you know, these little things are, are kind of the you know, we're we're just so used to everything and we don't look at how it psychologically uh, there's there's such a uh, the psychological effect. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, just look at politics and the way that, you know, religion is used to kind of police women's bodies, you know, it's, it's, it's everywhere. (laughs) It's unfortunately. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And and that's, and that's the thing, Um, you know, how does, uh, what, what can we uh, do about it? And you know, I think that poetry is also, you know, a form of uh, activism. Like, like we said, it's also you're you're kind of part of a community. Um, mm-hmm. um, you're you're part of a community. You're in this world, and and uh, sorry, I'm gonna do five, four, three, two, one. Um, there's some gardeners doing some stuff. Do you hear it? Or... I, I don't hear anything. <laughs> no. Okay, well, because I did five, four, three, two, one, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stop it, and then I'm going to call you back. Okay. Sorry about that. I wasn't no, you're sure fine. It was... Okay, cool. Awesome. So I will do that. Five, four, three, two, one. So, yeah, you know, that we're – as we said, we're, we don't do this thing in isolation. We're part of the community and poetry can be a form, a, a means of uh, advocacy and uh, as a, a activism, mm-hmm. a, a way to be of service also um, to inform others. 
And I'm wondering what, um, you know, has that been something that's also been kind of part of your work or if there are different, um, you know, how that has kind of shifted, perhaps how it shifted your voice or as well as your relationship to maybe even like the authors that you, oh, you maybe once admired and then it's like, well, wait a second, what a, this is a great poet, but as a person, hmm. Mm. And kind of how did how did how does that work? Because that's something that's you know uh, not talked about too much, or maybe it is, but maybe it's something to be talked about more and discussed. Sure, um, poetry as activism. Um, as a black woman, my very existence is kind of political. So as a result, I think my poetry often gets very political um, and definitely has a space. Um, when it comes to poetry as activism, um, I I find myself writing a lot in response to kind of the current moment more than I probably ever have, um, especially now. I just think there's so much to be kind of angry about. <laughs> and naturally, um, writing is in, an arena to kind of work through some of that. So um, but it's not just about anger. It's also just about being a person, also just about, like, my humanity. Um, I think part of my writing and part of writing as a Black woman is is an assertion that I am worthy of everything that this country essentially tries to keep from me. Um, it is, you know, an assertion that I am human, that I am capable of anything and everything um and so a lot of my work has been you know on the on one end of the spectrum there are the angry poems such as you know um the poem about you know my twitter feed when the protests were kind of ramping up and I wrote a poem about what it was like being on twitter and seeing pictures and of everything that was going on um but then on the other hand you know to just write poems about falling in love is also kind of unfortunately it is but also I think is a sort of radical act too um hmm. yeah no no uh, that that's interesting how would you you know would you elaborate on that yeah I I think when I think about my own education or when I think about the poetry that I was introduced to kind of throughout my whole academic career I can probably count on one hand the amount of poets that I was introduced to that looked like me. Um, and I think that has a lot to do wow. with that process of finding my voice because it's like, how do you, how do you write and how do you do this thing when you, you know, you haven't really seen that people that look like you can do this thing, right? When you imagine poetry or when I came to the page and imagine what poetry was like, you know, my imagination is, you know, I have all of these white writers in my mind. And so when I'm thinking of what's possible in a poem, I'm not imagining that, you know, I can be the speaker. I'm not imagining that I can be the subject because that's not what I've seen. That's not what I've read. Um, so I think a lot of it just has to do with that education um, and to finally get that permission to be on the page um, to be the speaker or the center of my of my work, and I think once I got that permission, 
um, it, it, it was very liberating, but I also, you know, think about all of the other black kids that are going through school and reading right. people and not and, reading and people that's, who look like and that's, them. And that's the thing, you know, is that no one's going to 100% you have to take the permission mm. to do the research yourself for that and realize to do that because you're not going to see, for example, you know, um, as a neurodiverse individual um, with autism and you know, a recovering addict. And I have, you know, work about that of certain things. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, can you do this of stuff? You have to like take the, per- I'm going to do this. And that, mm-hmm. and that's the thing is a lot of the times that, uh, and that's what I'm, I'm, you know, thinking of in terms of the, in academia is there, you know, I didn't have poetry from an academic background, uh, uh, though some of my works might be considered in ways academic. Um, that, 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 okay, are you, you know, is it still ever more important to also, like, if you're not being shown this thing, let me ask and let me do something, because you know what, because sometimes what's more important is going your own way and finding mm-hmm. that, finding that, finding those, and is that something that you feel maybe needs more of a, a ability to be, like, Hey, I'm looking for this. You know, this is. I don't see this. Where are are, are um, you know, more the uh, uh, individuals of color that uh, such that I can't just count on my hands mm-hmm. of of the stuff that I want to learn and I want to learn of those that that you know that way back in the history books or whatnot of certain things that were just glossed over. And does there need to be more representation of that? And how can that be, um, how might there even be a conversation or something to start to bring that up uh, of different periods of time so that we don't just look at the uh, traditional white male lens uh, leading up. And then you have more maybe in, in the in the uh, contemporary in certain periods, mm-hmm. but going back way back in um, even in, in uh, the romantic periods or different periods. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, can we find this? How can we find this? And, w- and what can be done to shift uh, the attention to the, those that, uh, that are buried in books? Mm, I, that's such a difficult question because I think it requires a complete kind of reimagining of the education system as a whole. Because it's not just it's not just in my English classes that I'm that I'm, mm-hmm. you know, experiencing this it's it's our history books right it's it's everything that we're taught um because we are a country that prides itself on on being this kind Mm -hmm. of you know white patriotism so that's what we're going to teach because that's what we're proud of like in Um, mathematics you have of you know if you get into some super super high level of mathematics and then you learn about uh, uh no other and and certain and there's certain other individuals, I'm not sure who it is, that you'll get into like of some amazing, incredible, uh, you know, female mathematicians and certain things. But you don't really get to it's you don't have that until way later of contemporary stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm they are there in history in different places, but they're glossed over because oh, maybe it's like, oh, I don't want to do the work as it, in the, you know, we stick to the traditional, the traditional mm-hmm. uh, norms. 
and customs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's about, it's about challenging the entire status quo, essentially, right? The, the canon of literature, the canon of mathematics, as you've stated, the, the canon yeah. of, of history books, even there, there is just, yeah, it, it, it will require a, an entire reimagining, I think. Yeah. And, you know, what's great is that through poetry and different mediums, uh, uh, media and mediums, bleh, that we can, <laughs> um, you know, maybe we could, we could start to go about that. Uh, and that's, um, yeah, and perhaps permission is not granted. It mm. needs to be taken. Yeah, I like that. I like that idea of permission is not granted. Yeah, I I think that was very much my um, experience when I finally came around to realizing that I could write about what I wanted to write about. I I read I read the Small Blades Hurt by Erica Dawson. Um, and Erica Dawson, she's a formalist, um, but she's also just really, really amazing at incorporating like everyday dialogue and slang and, and just people in things that sounded like me, that sounded like my family into, you know, a space that could still be formal. Um, and that completely changed my life, completely changed my writing my everything (laughs) essentially Mm. um and I took that permission to write about what was important to me to write about being black to write about what it was like being black in Alabama to write about Chicago to write about um my family it was I 100% had that moment when I read that book Mm. and did you um do you have a piece of one of uh, like one of your first pieces that are like, aha, I can write about this. Do you do you have Ooh. a piece that you that yes. you think like, you know, takes that 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 moment very well and um, describes that or maybe not describes that, but embodies. Um, Absolutely. That that you would, um, you know, allow us and grace us with the presence to. Uh, <laughs> to be beautified by it, either visually and auditorily, blah, or just audio, yeah. Wait, would you yeah. read it, the poem, please? Yes, so um, this poem came very soon after I read that book um, and was one of my first attempts to just write about something that, like write about my own experience. And so I wrote about um, getting my hair done as a black girl and what that was like. And so this poem is called Tenderheaded. I resume my Saturday night post between stretch marks, shoulders caught between chestnut thighs as grandma greases my scalp. She carmines the nape of my neck with her rat tail comb, the one with gaps where my naps wrestled in one. The coffee table muddles with jars of gel and rubber bands that welted her thumbs when they snapped. My backside numb on the living room carpet, dahlia fibers honeycombing my skin through my oversized tee. Be still now, and I strain against her grip on my roots, trawling tongue to check my mules. 
focusing on the click of her short nails colliding as she plates piece over piece. She hums for your glory, parts my hair into sections, gritting out old city streets in rows of cotton. I wonder if she braids my hair for the pastor's approval or God's, they'd never say. Ooh. Again, snap, 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 <laughs> clap, 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 round of applause. That's going to be my new thing that I do. It's going to bug people. I, I, I really love those last lines about, and, and talking about for the pastor's approval. And there's mm-hmm. this, this, uh, I also see a trend that these two pieces might go together, be part of this collection of which you speak. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty <laughs> sneaky. Yeah. I know, I know. Don't don't reveal all of my secrets. <laughs> no, I, I find that sometimes it's, it's probably something not to be done, but I'll like write. And, uh, you, know, you know, Joshua Corwin has a, a, a uh, with blah, 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 as a collaborative book. And we are currently seeking publication. I'll just put that at the end of my bio. It's probably not good to do. But, yeah, I did that there for, like, my or something for my my first book for stuff. And then it got picked up. So, you know, maybe it it works. works, Maybe it it works. You know, you're allowed to do that. Why not? Why not? Yeah. No, but but of seeking approval. And then there's also of, you know, I think that also gets back for the thing of, you know, it's your body, your hair. Mm. My hair is very dirty. I, <laughs> I think hats are like shoes for your head. But and there's this idea of taking permission of, of that permission is not granted and needs to be taken. Mm. Um, and that that especially if there's something over for um that your hair is as to your body. Uh, I meant not as to your body, is as to, it is akin to your poetry. It is a part of you. It is mm-hmm. essential to you. It is not contingent. It is just essential. Mm-hmm. As a poet, it, it is part of you. And so, and there's also that thing is when you cut away, you know, talking about rewriting and editing, you're cutting away and you're finding different things, but also of, you know, of it's just there's a lot going on there that I think is uh I hope essays will be written about or I don't know <laughs> no no it's just what what do you what do you see about this connection of of you know what was going on with your mind you know you you read it a few times what kind of um you know when you gave it also then space to breathe what did that mm-hmm. poem become for you yeah, this this poem kind of um, I think this poem is representative of a lot of the themes that I write about. Um, I think this poem is is one of the pieces that I have that where you see a lot of those intersect. There is, um, of course, we're thinking about just at a at a foundational level, you know, black experience, right? The experience of of you know getting your hair done and, and what that's like as a, as a black girl. Um, but then there's also the the historical component. Um, we're thinking about we get to the end and we think about um, her parting parting my hair into 
sections um, that are like yeah, old and- city streets or rows of cotton, right? So then we have this historical um, historical aspect of what hair has meant, um, how that has played a role in, in history as a Black woman, right? Um, and then, of course, faith, which has, you know, reemerged in my writing in a different way recently, but I think has always been a really integral part because my um, grandmother and my grandparents are so religious and a lot of my family mm-hmm. is so religious, but then kind of my intermediate family unit wasn't as religious. So there was this really interesting dynamic where when I was younger, I was going to church a lot with, you know, my grandparents and my parents. Um, and that was kind of a really important and necessary part of our lives. And then as I got older, you know, that that wasn't as important and we kind of stopped going to church and things of that nature. So I think faith hmm. is kind yeah. of, um, it, 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 it's, you know, there's, there's this interesting thing. Uh, if, if I may, in, in Judaism, uh, uh, there's this thing that also that that I hope I'm not botching this that that um, Israel um, you know or Israel or whatnot that that it's also it's uh, means it's also um, a connection of that to uh, to wrestling with God mm-hmm. or wrestling mm-hmm. with something but I don't I don't think I don't know if it's just with God but also it's wrestling with um, your own internal way your own internal moral compass your own internal uh, path, and I don't think that you necessarily need religion or organized religion for that. It helps if you're part of that. Um, it depends because there are different things of what that means and what that indicates. Um, you know, as a I studied and learned a lot about how uh, there's different. Uh, uh, I, I studied some classes in sociology of secularity and stuff as an undergrad. And you also see different kind of things and how that changes and as well as in different cultural and certain environments. And it, it's um, something there's there's a great book about of uh, an African-American woman uh, writing about in her community is coming out as an atheist. I think mm. it's that or something and kind of then looking at certain things in certain communities. Uh, there's so much great, I can't remember the name. I'll probably remember it, you know, later on after this. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh shoot. But that that is something that's really interesting to come to mind because uh, there's this, you know, wait, that can be? And, you know, people can write about that, mm-hmm. you know? And there's that thing like, that needs to be discussed. And then similarly for me, um, I had a period where I kind of wasn't so much with my Judaism and certain things, certain things happened um, where I thought somebody was telling me my belief in God was wrong of a certain thing. And then it wasn't, there was this whole thing, but I kind of took that and buried it. And then I eventually later, I needed this separation in order to then get back to on my mm-hmm. own terms, mm-hmm. on my own way of how mm-hmm. I look at it. And and that's the thing, rather than being like commanded and told like, no, you need to do this, rather than like, let me find my own path, let me find my own way. Um, I, I don't know, I don't know. And, th- and that's the thing, just like, you know, I, I don't know, I, I'm trying to tie that back to the notions that you brought about with hair. Um, maybe, maybe you see a bit of a connection. I, I'm just trying to piece that together. 
Yeah, I, I think there is. Um, I think essentially what I am doing in my poems is finding my way back. Um, I think that oh, I love is, that. I think that, that work that would is be happening. A great, that's a great title for a collection is finding <laughs> my way back. It's so funny because um, someone recently just read my full length and they were just like, you know, you should just write a book about, you should just write a collection, just faith, just, just about faith, <laughs> because that's a lot of what's happening here. Um, and I, and I think that's probably what they're picking up on is um, as I kind of go back and look through my work in, in that collection, I'm realizing that faith is, is in places that I didn't even realize that it, it mm. was before. Um, and that it's, it's been creeping into much more of the poems than I originally imagined. And, and I think it's because a lot of that work of finding my way back to faith and what that looks like is, mm. is happening in, in the stuff that I've been writing. And is it faith? Um, Cause when you say this, is it faith on your terms or is it different? Mm. Is it faith? Cause that, that's the thing that, you know, is it, reimagined faith mm -hmm. and that's the thing because rather than uh you know maybe there's a traditionalist or a certain thing from uh, uh from your but also it's you know you find your own like as it applies as you see it now and you know just like when you look at your work from years ago you you know you don't look at it at the same lens as when you just you know, as just, uh, you know, the day you wrote it, obviously. Sure. Um, yeah, and I don't know, how is your relationship to faith as well as in terms of practice, um, you know, and ritual mm -hmm. um, been affected? And, and also, um, you know, has the pandemic, I, I guess it has, you know, as you said, but played a role in that um, as well as, you know, do you bring that into how you go about your life? I'm curious, like how you like, um, let's say, you, you know, working on your on your PhD uh, or certain mm -hmm. things, how you, or, you know, let's say, you know, it's like this intuitive thing of like. You know, I'm, I'm going to work on this project now, I think, um, or no, um. Or even when, as a poetry, uh, you know, a reader for different uh, or things for uh, editor for different journals of uh, or, or, you know, you know, it's using something that's akin to that, attuned to that. And maybe faith, it's a faith slash intuition. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just like how what's your process of bringing that into your life and how does how does that work? Yeah, I I like faith slash intuition. I I think that's that's pretty spot on. Yeah. And I, I think, I'm sure there's a better word for it. I I can't come up. With no, it. I I I think that's I think that's really pretty accurate. I think there is something about intuition that does um that is really directly linked to faith. Um, especially as of late, I I for me especially um. One of the things that I think has kind of catalyzed the the process of finding my way back, as we've been saying, is living alone. Um, mm. I, I I did live alone 
for a certain period of time in Birmingham, but I also had a partner. So, you know, I was also just with my partner all the time, but I've been, you know, by myself. Um, and then of course, with the pandemic that has increased even more this, this kind of alone time that we've been spending um, with ourselves and, and the world is on fire. <laughs> you know, everything it around is. us is yeah. going up in flames. And, and so what do you do? Where, where do you go? Where do you turn to when you're by yourself kind of in the middle of a fire um, and you're uncertain of, of whether you're going to make it out on the other side? And, and I think naturally I have turned to faith. I've turned to God. I've, to me now, faith is, is kind of synonymous with friendship with hmm. God. And I think as a child, that was very different. Um, Faith was kind of this really just abstract thing. And, you know, everything was just kind of punitive and negative, right? You're always being punished. As well Um, as a a closed book as well. Yeah, yeah, right. There's there's only one way to understand things. And it just felt... um, suffocating I think is yeah. probably a good word for it and and now it brings me it. back to that line uh that of uh you know of uh undressing mm-hmm. of uh, in your in the first poem you read um yeah it it reminds me of that yeah yeah and and I think now I just I have a friendship I think with with God and I think that that has allowed me to be kinder to myself that has allowed me to be more myself um that has allowed me to feel i think more connected um more grounded in my faith and so i i definitely think it's now on my terms um this kind of relationship or just redefining what that relationship looks like um and and I don't know, people might find fault with me describing that relationship as a friendship, but I, I think that's... Right, think and it's also valid. yours, it's your own. And, you know, just like, that's something that you have command over, it's yours. It's mm-hmm. yours, and nobody can tell you otherwise. You know, uh, what are the, like, okay, that's nice, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> you're wrong that's that you're you know this is you know because I'm me and you're not me so you can't Mm -hmm. you can't know Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it should be individual I mean everyone's relationship is different it will look different and that's okay like who am I to to say that someone else's relationship with faith is is problematic or is incorrect I I can't know um I don't know what others are are going through and experiencing yeah. only um, what works for us yeah absolutely so yeah. okay um five four three two one uh i'm just gonna pause it for a sec i desperately need to use the restroom and then what i want to do is i want to cool. um we'll, we'll tie it back to doing uh for the the um OTSCP, okay? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's also was lagging slightly, so I just noticed that. So it's, I get to use the restroom also. Awesome. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll 
call back in about five minutes, okay? Awesome. Okay, awesome. Five, four, three, two, one. So regarding faith, you know, would you have faith with me take a leap of faith grab my hand to the, the virtual the virtual oh it's just waiting there it's just waiting there okay. my gotcha. hand looks like a lobster claw i'm sorry not to be ah and let's pull us up ah i'm being lifted up to do oh, wait wait let's see how to do this oh, are these yeah. books the the segment that is like the OTSCP um, on the spot collaborative poem. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I asked you to have a few books out that I see laid out. Um, yes. Yep. 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 And so what we'll do the name of the game, uh, listeners or viewers. So the way it works, and please do try it with your friends, family. Uh, loved ones, just whoever you want. Um, if you do it in person, uh, uh, you know, of course, socially distance, you know, mask, <laughs> the whole spiel. Um, but uh, you have a few, I have a few books out, and I asked Taylor uh, to please put a few random books out. It doesn't have to be poetry, it can for some of them. And um, first, would, would you... Uh, Yes, would you first read the, the books that you have out? Yeah, so I the, have the Oxford, the Oxford Book of American Poetry. Um, I have Edgar Allan Poe's Completed Tales and Poems. <laughs> yeah. And then I have The American Tradition in Literature, which is basically a huge anthology of okay. lots of good and stuff. And where do you have it out for the Oxford Book of American Poetry? I'm so glad I didn't select that one because I literally have it on the shelf. I was <laughs> thinking, so who do you have it out to? Uh, we are on Lewis Simpson. Okay. Awesome. Is there a particular piece of his that it's out to? Or a particular pieces? Yeah, it's open to the Western world and my father in the night commanding no. Okay, and for the other, the anthology? Um, Edgar Allan Poe happens to, I happen to open it to the second page of Mask of the Red Death. <laughs> which okay. Which is very appropriate. That's a great one, yeah. Yeah, very appropriate, absolutely. Very appropriate. Yeah. And okay. my last one is open to a page of Sonny's Blues by James Baldwin. Okay, and would you would you uh, if you'd like to read the page numbers of each, uh, if you'd uh, like, yeah. Sure. The Oxford American uh, Poetry is on page seven hundred. Um, Edgar Allan Poe is open to two fifty two, and my lit anthology is open to one thousand nine hundred and forty six. Wow, you weren't lying when you said big books. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I have out. I have out. Let me give you a sec. So I have this book. This is When the Virus Came Calling, COVID-19 Strikes America, Poetry and Prose in Real Time from Across America from the Outset. Uh, it's edited by Thelma T. Renee, uh, wow. Thelma T. Uh, uh, Thelma T. Rena. Um, Rena. Thelma T. Rena. Flaw. I don't know how to speak anymore. I, I study <laughs> math. I don't English. Um, 
Yeah, and I have it out to 178, 179, which is part of uh, – this is a great thing. I'm actually in this, it, It's but it's with uh, Say This Isn't the End, which is uh, – with with it's actually by uh, Richard uh, Blanco, who was uh, the President Obama's U.S. inaugural poet in 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this piece – so it's the first – the second and third page of it, this – which apparently it was so it was originally published in on uh, June 7th of this year uh, with the Atlantic. So that's cool. Then I have out. So of the anthologies I chose, I chose Treasury of Poems, a collection of the world's most famous and familiar verse. So that's it's compiled by Sarah Ann Stewart. And I have mm-hmm. it out to uh, who is it that I have? I have it out to of uh, uh what is it of uh, pages 152 uh, pages 452 and 453 another big book not bigger than the ones you have but it's out to um, part of for you oh democracy by Rupert Brooke and then um, mm-hmm. I have America the beautiful by uh, Catherine Lee Bates and then I have just the first uh, you know you know, half a stanza of, you know, Lord Tennyson, uh, uh, you know, Charge of the Light Brigade. Um, and then I have out is Weed Adventures of a Dope Smuggler by Jerry Comstra, um, which is uh, published for this one, for this fifth edition. I think it's the fifth or I'm not sure which, with with uh, Mystic Boxing Commissions. Really interesting history or whatnot. But um, so that I have it out to pages 182 and 183. And then I have out, I have uh, Ariel, um, Ariel and, uh, and other uh, poems uh, by Sylvia Plath. I have it out to 46 and 47. And it is mm-hmm. the, um, you know, the, the, uh, the courage, of, the courage of shutting up of the, <laughs> the second page of that. And then I have it, the first page of Nick and the Candlestick. All right. Lots of of variety here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So the way this works, again, is, you know, we'll go back and forth and wherever our eye goes, try not to do in a linear order, but uh, kind of utilize my ADHD. This is where it helps to have that. And I'll see, you know, a word like I'll see beautiful, see um, a beautiful see we ended torture so i'll see that and i'll 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 piece together a line of using you know many different books not going in a just reading completely uh line by line and we'll go back and forth and it'll either be a masterpiece or a masterpiece okay uh would you like to begin and start us off taylor sure why not okay hey um okay let's start Okay, let's go where my eye goes. Here we got a siren landscapes, <laughs> a corridor, <laughs> um, is silent at the piano. <laughs> I will keep beloved's dessert dreams happy. The charge of death out 
oftentimes lived about worry, oh embryo. <laughs> In that playhouse, the moon stood against the wall. I've never heard trouble in the spring. In other Zen cheers taped to America, alabaster beautiful, only watch Nick Gulp's love on probation for a business. Colors and effects. A lady told me they fell asleep. As a matter of fact, they had stripped him upon the clock. Gently to walk behind a window of gentleness, given a body rivers with another man from that long grass available shawls. Seduct went sailing, scattered its pendulum, going to school, a pretty awful fight. Silent dogs beyond back business. I never improve spacious. <laughs> My house chimes of the clock. The axe echoes so serious. I don't know anybody of the kind of weed gold the same people adventures of calcium old cave yellows torture in which self is liberating <laughs> a buzz was furnished under a tree, smoke from his lips, human fingers living. Pick smugglers for a pound of eggs. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I move gate posts, stiff frozen, one record over and over. Complaints from gringos, sour, neither of us, thoroughfare wilderness, onward confirm the face of a dead soul of knives. And, and yet, 
by grave. The embellishments should produce a man for months. Or stories, no one's particular grass, about 300 eyes in this mirror. A child is croaking amid the profusion. And now, again, at the same time, she suffered. Dynamite entrepreneurs, super special segregated raggy rap. A vice of piranha honing new recipes in tune. Goodbye, goodbye. Will we get back? A little puppet ashore in silence, delirious, gigantic, dimly sensed. Mad. We heat, we stop, we beautiful amber, we shining flowers to ways of a torture country. Their heads glow, any lamp, the rays. One chord from time to time. The fine pride available about lips dissatisfied. This isn't a dare. Our refracted majesties over purple crown thy good death Flags. All that there is, the frogs, and then my mother, emanating from candle, arrested the attention, wrapped up in some cloud, down the steps. Oh, candlestick. Embryo, drinking every flaw of religion, America, America, red, gold, their quality, smugglers. We civilize all that hung, the masquerade atmosphere living anymore in life constantly tracking sidewalk with garbage and divine the wind 
fell asleep, glittering as they depart one apartment, frankly louder than the sound of all. As impassioned white pigeons, oh, as impassioned white newts, shy, folded by suns, The comedy is ended. This wilderness lighted with orange more merrily spending what was happening to sell unspoken love, the candle light of embryo, says do not worry, an independency in self-control washed by heat waves of garbage and foxtails. <laughs> A feathered god turned away, a light laughter found leisure to be afflicted as though nothing slammed the door. I like that ending. That's a good ending. (laughs) That's a good ending. That's a really good ending right there. That's well, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> let me do this for a quick second. Boy, it, it. oh, that's it. Too big a picture of my face. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're getting this stuff out. Taylor, thank you so much. And you know, we have to find a title of that. You know, maybe listeners or viewers have an idea, but I don't know. I, I think that there's there's something to that, and uh. I'll definitely I'll type it up and I'll I'll send it to you and maybe you could share. I think it's too long for Twitter um, <laughs> or Instagram, but you know, and part of included for the anthology. But uh, I I wanted to. Uh, do you have any thoughts for a title now on the spot, or you know, have to come back to it, or? I feel like we had a lot of like candle and light light going on, so maybe yeah, some, some, some candlelight candle. smuggler. <laughs> Candlelight smuggler, yeah. I I liked how weed was, I put weed in there. It's like, yeah. Um, So, so, okay, well, we'll see. Maybe it's candlelight smuggler. So I wonder, before, um, are there any um, links? Of course, you know, I'll post uh, with this of of different links, but are there, is there anything that perhaps uh, a website or whatnot, um, I believe that you've been working on a website of, for uh, individuals to check out more of your your beautiful work, uh, find out all the projects that you're part of, uh, social media. Uh, you know, now is the time to 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 uh, profess them into the void. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just updated my website. So that's just um, taylorbias.com, T-A-Y-L-O-R-B-Y-A-S.com. Um, and you can find me on Twitter where I'm most active um, at Taylor Bias and then the number three. So those are probably the two easiest and fastest places to find me and my work and my random thoughts at 2 a.m. Um, about Waffle House and all of that. So well. <laughs> I, I will definitely, if there's gluten-free options, I'll definitely be checking it out <laughs> if you have anything about that. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. It's been a pleasure having you on for Assiduous Dust. And I look forward, and I'm sure the, our listeners and viewers look forward to uh, to this and finding out and uh, staying updated with all the amazing work that you're doing and groovy great things to come would you let's let's maybe let's do a wave or like a very slow wave <laughs> goodbye. goodbye i don't know some weird thing okay thank you so much thank you for having me okay awesome let's see what happens now <laughs> Well, listeners, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Assiduous Dust, episode 12.5. I'm your host, Joshua Corwin. Please check out more of the work of Taylor Bias. And stay tuned for episode number 13, Assiduous Dust, number 13, with Lauren Camp and Brianna Munoz for next time. Take care.